So, welcome to the Afterward. This is your first time on the show, right? Yes. Okay, well, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Hello, everybody. My name is JL Tish. Awesome. And you are? I am your daughter. You are my daughter. All right, so, first of all, how old are you? I'm 13. But you're almost? 14. Oh, that's right. When do you turn 14? Um, less than a month. Pretty, pretty close. Yep. You excited about your birthday? Yes. <laughs> okay, so you're a teenage girl. Yes. And you've been a teenage girl now for almost two years. Yep. And you're going into high school. And we're talking about comparison. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a question. Have you seen a lot of comparison, or do a lot of your friends tend to compare in 8th and ninth grade now that you're going into ninth grade? Have you seen that a lot? Yeah, there's been a lot of comparing. Like, my friends always are like, oh, if only I looked like this celebrity or something. And uh, we're, always, we're always, like, on each other, like, you're beautiful, you know. Don't say that. Oh, so you try to shut it down. Yeah, we try to, I guess, help each other if we ever have those thoughts. Try and, like, stop it. No, you're, you know, it's, like, not. Do you, do you, so you're saying that because you think comparison is bad. Um, in some ways, if you're comparing your others, yourself to others to, like, you know, grow in a good way, like, maybe their personality or how kind they are, then that's good, Ooh. but if it's, like, if only I looked like this, or if only, like, I was mm. as smart as them, that can, like, tear down your self-confidence, which isn't good. Oh, wow. Um, what kinds of things do your friends tend to compare about? Um, their, how they look. Really? Like, Maybe how skinny they are, how, you know, to other, like, either, like, people in our school or, like, in celebrities and stuff like that. Oh, wow. So, is it mostly with looks? Yeah, mostly. Their bodies and stuff. Right, and that that makes it difficult because sometimes that's stuff you can't change. You can't change your hair color. Yeah. Or your eye color. Yeah. Do, how do you, how do you help your friends out of that? Um, we try to always help each other just saying, like, it's not good to compare yourself to others because, like, everyone is different and everyone else is, like, a lot of people are comparing themselves to others. Like, the people you're comparing yourselves to also have insecurities, so it's not, like, something that make, makes you feel, like, horrible about yourself. Mm. So you're saying, like, even people who you're comparing yourself to, they themselves are comparing themselves Maybe even back to you. Yeah. Pushing, have, has that ever happened to you? Like you're comparing yourself and saying, or you have a friend who compares themselves, yeah. and all of a sudden the, the person they're comparing themselves to says, I actually do the same thing backwards to you. Yeah. Have you yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah, that's happened before. It's always it's always like eye-opener. You're like, wow. Hmm. Well, we were on a camping trip, and sometimes you get frustrated with your hair. Yes. Because um, sometimes you say to me that you wish your hair were less wavy and curly. Curly. I wish my hair was straight. I and, do that a lot. And when we were with the Zymans, the, the Zyman girls, what did they say to you? I was, like, talking about getting my hair chemically straightened. And they were like, <laughs> what? Oh, my gosh, I love your hair. And they were, like, talking about how they love my hair and they wish they had my hair and I was comparing my my hair to them I'm like your hair is so straight I it's so pretty and then they were like talking about how there's a girl in their school who has super curly hair and everyone always wants her hair wow so the very thing you were comparing yourself to you wish you had the Zyman girls hair the Zyman girls were saying we wish we had GL hair yeah so do you think that comparison steals people's joy do you know what I mean by stealing joy 
Like, it yeah. Niche, yeah. Do you think that, that that can happen? It can, yeah, it can get really bad, and it can, like, take your confidence away from you mm-hmm. so that you think less of yourself and you don't, and you're, like, not as happy and proud of yourself as you would if you, like, stopped and tried to, hmm. stopped trying to compare yourself to other people. Hmm. So, now, this is a hard question because, I mean, you're just now entering high school. Mm-hmm. How do you think God, or being a Christian, can help you with comparison? Because um, you also go, you have quite a few friends that are Christian. Some yeah. that aren't, yeah, obviously, but some that are. And so... Have you seen God kind of help people? Um, I definitely think, like, trying to stay true to the fact that God made everyone in his own eyes perfectly the way he created them is can help you to be more confident in yourself and be like, God created me to look like this, and he created him or her to look like that. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't be like, I'm, any less be- I'm less beautiful because in God's eyes we're all beautiful to him. So I can help you with that. Or, hmm. like, if you're in really a tough time, you can always talk to people about it, and they can help you if they've experienced it or talking to God about it. Mm. If they, mm. if you're in, like, a super tough situation where you can't stop comparing yourself. Yeah. Well, JL, thank you for being with me, but I have to go interview my friend David Kim, who spoke this past weekend on the topic of comparison and joy. So I'm going to jump over to him. But before we go, I just want to say you're the best. Thank you. I know that's not comparison. I just love you the most. All right. Thank you for being on the show. You're welcome. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Afterword. I'm here with Dave Kim. Hey, what's going on? Uh, two Davids. It's an all-David podcast. This is exciting. It is. It's good Would to you be here. say that we're the two best Davids on staff? Two best-looking Davids? Oh, uh, I like I'm, it. I'm certain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this past weekend, you spoke on comparison mm-hmm. and how... Because com- we're in a sermon series on joy. Right. And so last week, we talked about how suffering can be like an impediment to joy. People think that you can't really have joy in the middle of suffering. We talked about how that's possible. But this week, I I think you talked about one of the biggest thieves of joy, which is comparison. And so that's where we wanted to park there. Uh, Let's just just talk about that real quick. Um, Has comparison stolen joy for you in your life when you look back on it? Yeah, so comparison definitely is a thief of joy for my life. I mean, that's been pretty much all my life struggle. And I would say still now I deal with it. I, I wouldn't say I've overcome it, but I've learned some right. things throughout the process. So it's um, been a dominant a dominant companion, would you? Yeah. Wow. And it has robbed of, of contentment, of deep satisfaction, right? Things wow. that God is doing in my life, the right. blessings of God and the care of God, the goodness of God. And I would be fine and then boom, comparison comes and all of a sudden... God, why do I not have that? God, why did you put me in this kind of situation? Hmm. Um, and it robs me of just mm-hmm. all that God is even doing in mm. the midst of my life. Mm. Wait, how do you think that that started? Where do, do, do you, Can you trace it back to where this stuff comes from? I know sometimes this comes from 
family of origin stuff, and that can be uncomfortable to talk about because, you know, nobody wants to throw their parents under the bus or their family of origin under the bus. But sometimes, even accidentally, stuff, like, comes up, right? Right. So, so I have a brother. He's six years younger than me. His name is John, and he's also in ministry. And um, I would say my brother, he is kind of the more loving type. Like, uh, he's a youth pastor at a church in Boston, and kids love him. He has so much compassion and care. And he's really funny, too. He's fun to be around. And uh, compared to me, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not that loving compared to my brother. <laughs> and so growing up, like I would be compared to my brother by many people, including my parents. And um, I always thought I was less than. Than really? my brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even and, though you're the oldest here. Yeah. And I remember and then and then now he's, you know, he's married, he's taller than me, he's like six foot two, and he's he's good looking. And so one time, I mean, I remember just even the other day, um, one of the uh, one of the family members that we knew just came by and he's like, Oh, I met your brother the other day, and I was like, Oh great, how is he? He's like, Yeah, like he's so much better looking than you, David. <laughs> What? And just like, it just wow. came out of nowhere. It's just me. Yeah, but like, just kind of Thank that. You? Yeah. Was like, this a family oh, member that said that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah it's like, like, it's what? like, what do I do with that, right? And it's like, well, I can't, right? There's nothing and, I can do. <laughs> yeah, but even just that, like, I still remember that comment. And wow. I'm like, wow, I've just been compared to with my brother and just mm. even about his looks. And, mm. and I was having a, by the way, I was having a fantastic day, right? <laughs> like, just having a great day. Like, love my life, love the weather here, love my wife, my children. And boom, my brother comes into the scene. And he's, he didn't do anything no, wrong, right? right just, right, right. but boom, right? Just right. robs me of joy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, the I mean, I, I'm an only child, so I can't really have any comparison issues. Like, I was always the highest achieving child in my family oh, wonderful. because I was yeah, you're an only child all the time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the thing that's hard about this is like, how did you, what other ways did that show up in your life in negative ways? Yeah. And then, and then eventually I want to get to how'd you get free of that or yeah. how are you getting free? Of yeah. That? So there's some um, work that needs to be done on that, obviously. So growing up, uh, we lived in a duplex and my best friend, um, his name is Paul. And we lived uh, really right next to each other. And um, he was one year younger than me. Uh, but in every way growing up, he was just like, in terms of the worldly success, he was just better. He, he was a, bi- a Bill Gates scholar. He was in more AP classes than I was. He had better grades. He was a football uh, captain uh, for our football team and lacrosse. Um, and just stronger, taller, faster. Uh, smarter and um, that's just <laughs> I mean I, and we grew up did, together did you move I would have moved I would have said hey I'm, I'm gonna move next to somebody else and, and and I you know and I love my mom and and we still have a great relationship but and I think my mom meant well I think she was trying to inspire me and mm-hmm. try to mm-hmm. like call the best out best in me mm-hmm. but I remember one of the conversations my mom just was like hey like why can't you be more like Paul and again she was trying to speak words of life and trying to really kind of give me energy behind that but it, but it just like took everything did out it of deflate me. you yeah it deflated me and in that in that moment i realized oh like in order to find joy in life in order to, i need to actually achieve i need to be better than the person next to me hmm. that's how i'm going to achieve joy and content and satisfaction because when I was compared to with somebody who was above me, 
I realized that it just sucked all the joy out of me. Mm, mm. So, Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. It also it also feels like there's a sense of um, a kind of a deep wound of feeling like you're not enough or not good yeah, enough. So much shame. Yeah, and that's that's hard. That's yeah. hard too. And so because that feeling is so painful, right? I yeah. never want to feel that again. So I guess I'll just climb and climb. claw and <laughs> and succeed, yeah. right? So that I can look down. So now. that I, oh wow. And and say, look, I'm better than that person, hmm. which I think is giving me true joy, but it's not. It's hmm. false pleasure, right? That's not of God. So in the sermon, you talked about um, like comparing down and comparing up, right? Looking right. down and looking up. Two major ways yeah. that we compare. We all kind of probably do both, uh, I think. Agreed. But you're you're saying that like for you, a major one was I need to be high so I can look down and yeah. then I'll feel good. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. What about you? Do you feel that way? Yeah. Mine's a little different. I always, I had such insecurity because, so for me, the, the wound was, um, I'm adopted and the wound was, Hey, mm. what was, uh, you know, I'm in second grade and this kid named Matt, um, we're in class and the teacher says, Oh, you know, who's adopted? Cause my mom worked at the school where I went to elementary mm. school. She was a kindergarten teacher. They said, you know, what's wrong with you that your mom wanted to get rid of you. Hmm. So that wound entered like, and I need to achieve now to be worthy of love. Hmm. So for me, it was if I work hard enough and achieve enough. So it's a slightly different wound, but it's very similar to yours. You know, um, it, it's a heart wound. It's, it's a, I got to achieve. I got to achieve. I got to achieve. And I have to be worth something to somebody else in order to be loved. And there was a constant sense of insecurity. So I'm always looking upwards and realizing I'm not good enough, I'll never be good enough, I have to work harder, other people are more worthy of love because of their accomplishment and success. So I'm always looking upward, almost mm. always. So that that's probably 80% of my mental effort is looking upwards and feeling a deep sense of shame, like I'm not worthy of love, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, those things. And that that takes a lot to get to get through. So how do you how did you come to terms with that? Because we can't just stay here. Like there's how did God and Jesus and the Spirit, how did they help you get free from comparison? Because comparison do, not only does it make you feel less than it, I mean it really does rob your joy. Right. It's you're miserable. Right. Because there's the the thing I realized on that was it's a treadmill that never ends. Yeah. Like there's this yeah, there's this moment <clears throat> uh in, in college I I was a I was a writer. And so I submitted my work to a playwrights festival. And it's this incredible moment because it was this, and I wasn't a Christian yet, but I'm like on the cusp. Like God is totally working in my life. I'm a junior in college and I submit my work to a playwrights festival. Now the problem with submitting your work to a playwrights festival when you consider yourself a writer is if you get, if I got rejected for being a jockey in a horse race, I'd be like, whatever. It, I'm not good at it and I'm not made for it. It's stupid, right? Mm. But when it's the thing that you're best at and then you get rejected, hmm. that's the worst. Because you're like, wow, I thought I was good at that. I guess I'm not good at anything. I guess I'm worthless. So it was a huge risk. So I submitted it and it got accepted. It was one of the several plays that were accepted. It was given a director and actors and there's this hmm. huge... Th now, here's what I did. Most of the people in the Playwrights Festival from the surrounding colleges, and it was like 10 colleges from around the area, um, they went super serious. And I went super funny. Now, the problem with going super funny in a play is you get immediate feedback whether or not it was successful. Right. So on the opening night, we're there. Um, I'm there. 
there's the director, there's the, the there's all these plays, and I think my play might have been like third, right? Or fourth. So it's like and they're heavy. I mean, it's it's angsty college students in the nineties, Kurt yep, Cobain, yep. Eddie Vedder. I mean, everything is dark. It's it's Sylvia Plath, put your head in the oven. I mean, it's dark, right? So the audience is like, you know? And so by the time it gets to my play, all of a sudden, I'm like, and I'm so nervous, I can't even be in the room. I'm outside the auditorium. It's packed. All these colleges are sending all their people. It's Friday night. It's Saturday night. Um, and so it, it's Friday night, and it's packed. And you can hear the room buzzing with excitement. And I'm outside listening through the double doors. And the first thing that happens is the first joke hits, and you hear the ripples of laughter and then the first then the first like major joke lands and the place erupts in laughter mm. and this feeling came over me and it was i need to chase that feeling no matter what that affirmation right. was like a drug and then what was tragic is i woke up the next morning and that i needed more it was gone i needed another hit does that make sense? Yep, yep. And so that sense of affirmation for me came from achievement and from all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And I would be a very different person had Jesus not intervened in, in, in that. Yeah. So that. So how did you get out of your your comparison? How did you how did you get out of that trap, that treadmill? How did God get you free from well, that? Well, I think you saw this. Um, do you remember when I first got hired? Now it's been five years. I can't believe I'm still employed. Wow. <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe we're both still we're on both, staff. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Oh, that's a different yeah, podcast. That's a whole other that's a different podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How are we still on staff? <laughs> we should. Uh, uh, but um, I remember uh, walking into a teaching team. It was like my first week. And you saw me. I was sweating and I couldn't say a word. And I didn't know how to interact because as the teaching team, there may be 15, 20 of us, as they were sharing ideas, I could not help but to compare myself with all the gifts in the room, hmm. all the brilliant ideas and all the, uh, the, the, the theology and, and, and insight into church leadership from Steve and, and understanding of God and God's people. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by that. And, mm. and I couldn't say anything because I felt like whatever I was going to say would not be, when I compared to everyone else, it would not be good enough. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so the second week, I said, maybe I'll do a better job. And I came in and you saw this. I didn't say anything again. <laughs> and it went by weeks after weeks and couldn't say a word, couldn't contribute to the conversation. Months into it. Even I, though you are, in that moment, literally one of the most educated people in the room, and this is bias, one of the most brilliant too, you're, you're, you can't even say a word because of the comparison game. Comparison game, yeah. I, wow. I was trapped in it, and, 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 then, and then it was my first time to teach, <laughs> preach at Westgate. And I remember just like, just right before that, I'm like, oh my goodness, I just, just last few weeks, Steve just taught, Dave Tish, you taught, and we have gifted teachers, communicators. Mm. How am I going to carry that? Mm. Um, and right as I was about to go up, I remember Steve tapped me uh, right, uh, <laughs> and this is Steve leadership thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And he goes, David, we don't want you to be me. We don't want you to be Dave Tish. We hired you to be you. Hmm. 
Go and be yourself. Mm. Share your story. Mm. Share what God is doing in your life. Mm. Don't talk like us. Mm. Don't talk like anyone else in the mm. teaching team. Mm. Just do you. Yeah. We hired you for you. Yeah. And and that so freeing. That's so freeing, right? Yeah. That and and so I would say, like, I still remember that moment, and that began that journey of like, that's right. I God has created me and he has gifted me my own gifts my own story my own history and that is what i'm supposed to be confident in <laughs> and that in that that's not something to be compared to but that i boast in what god is doing in my life i yeah. boast in what god has given me what yeah. the spirit of god is doing in my life and i just share that as yeah. all that is and i think that's uh, that's been my journey, uh, my gifts, my limitations, my history, my journey. Yeah, mm. so that's been kind of what I've been working on. Maybe mm. you said limitations. That's not that's that's the word that is the dagger, because it means I'm not this. Yeah, I'm not you. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember one time Steve did. Steve did the same thing to me. Um, I I told him I think God made me wrong. And he's like, what? And I'm like, like, what? Huh. I, I, my gift mix doesn't make any sense. Uh, and Steve looked at me and he goes, what do you mean God made you wrong? And then he, he gave me the living stones metaphor. He said, God made us as a church as stones, not bricks. Hmm. And he's going to be the mortar that fills fills us in. Hmm. And that was the beginning of, of that of that hmm. that kind of process for me. It's identical to yours. Identi yeah. Identical to yours. Um, when... How else has God helped you get out of the comparison trap? Like, what are there practical things that you do that that help you? Because it, it's obviously rears its ugly head every now and then. But you're saying, first of all, being confident of how God's made you and unapologetic about the way God's made you and your unique story, and seeing that there's a unique contribution is a path toward healing. Absolutely. So understanding your unique calling in life, right? That my calling is different than yours, Dave. It is. We both yeah. work at the church, right? but the calling of God upon and the way God's going to use us for his kingdom's purposes are different. And to recognize what is my unique kingdom journey and, and how is God going to use me in understanding that and following that path, I do think is critical to uh, finding healing and freedom. That was my first thing. Yeah, yeah. And that, that goes into the second thing, which is then you know what you're not called to. Yeah. <laughs> then you know what yeah. you're not uh, invited into. And then, then you don't go, why not there? You go, wow, God, I can then celebrate you, Dave, for yeah. whatever God is calling. You, you know, you know yeah. what I mean? Instead yeah. of comparing myself to what you're doing in your... Right, or what God's somebody kingdom. else is yeah. doing. Yeah, and all those things. There's also some inner work that has to happen, which is hard and painful. And there's lots of hours spent with the therapist, lots of hours dissecting, you know, why do you think that way, you know? And yeah. so that, that was a lot of work because a lot of my struggle and toil came from like this deep insecurity that I needed to prove that I was worth keeping around. Right. And to, to rest in the assurance, not just uh, of Jesus. And I had to be careful there because when I became a Christian, I just transferred that insecurity to God. Mm. Like if... And the reason I toiled so hard in ministry was not because God was worthy of being served. Hmm. It was because I had to prove to God that I was worth saving. Right. His his contribution on the cross, his incredible sacrifice, the what he did, I can't be worthy of it. So I have to work extra, 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 extra hard to prove that I'm worth yeah. keeping. Um, and I think having kids really loosens up that, that false... You realize... 
how much you adore your children, though they don't deserve it, mm. and that love's not going to go away. Mm. Um, I think when I had a biological link to a, a human on the planet with my son and then my daughter, um, those things really loosened. You know, it, what held Jesus to the cross was not nails, but his love mm. for us. And if I could somehow see that and get in, if I when I rested in that, the, those insecurities be, began to be washed away. Not mm. fully, but began yeah, to. That's good. So that, that, and then to your point, understanding how you're uniquely made and how God's uniquely interacting with you and not being apologetic about it. Like you're, you have a unique story, you know, that's uniquely you and you can bring that fullness and that takes courage, doesn't it? Yeah. A lot of times it's hard to, I think, own our story. Hmm. I think we'd run away from our story. Mm. Um, mm. I think it's just too painful. You think? Yeah, I think Hagar was one. Mm-hmm. Right? David. I mean, you name it. Like it was just we run away, and I run away from my story, like my immigrant story. My, um, I just it's hard to face it. But I think in that there's a beautiful invitation of God. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. 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 It it, it takes. Tremendous courage to be honest about your pain and, and about your gifts, I suppose. Yep. The other thing that has helped is the body of Christ metaphor that Paul gives us in 1 Corinthians 12 for me. Um, I'm not a heart. I'm not a brain. I'm not a lung. I'm a pancreas. You know what I mean? No, you're a toenail. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Sure. But there, there's a sense in which Paul's like saying, like, don't compare. You know, don't compare because... The whole body needs each part. Right. And the second you don't have a pancreas, the body dies. So to, to realize that you're vital to the to the body, in, in, in a sense, in a local body, yeah. um, that, that feels really, that's freeing too. Absolutely. That theology has helped. And, and practically, if we're getting really practical yeah, super here, practical. One, of, yeah. one of the things that helped me, I don't know if you can relate, is just resting from social media because uh, for me uh, um, like I when people post things on social media generally it's when they're at the end of their accomplishments yeah. they don't really post about the journey the failures right uh, you're, you're just seeing their final product nobody posts yeah. about their failures right? right and so you see the final product and, and all throughout COVID honestly there were months where I would look and I'm not doing anything and I'm just staying home stuck at home and I'm like how are you able to do this during this season mm. and it triggers for me when I'm looking at social media often you know there are many beautiful things that we can do with social media but it triggers for me this uh, level of like my goodness like why can i do what you are doing oh man and i am i i'm not you know i'm not good enough and i'm not worthy enough and the comparison game is so strong especially and comparison is more of folks who are in your lane generally yeah so when pastors post things yeah it honestly i should be able to celebrate it but it drives me nuts Hmm. And so I took about six month break from social media during COVID, and That's good. It, it helped me to just breathe, you know, yeah. like breathe, yeah, and just say I'm okay, <laughs> I'm okay with God. Let me tell you something else that's helped me a ton, and and you know this as well as I do, and that has been to surround myself with people who truly know me and value me, not because of what I do, but just because of who I am, yeah. and it can speak unique truth and 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 speak uniqueness 
to my particular way that God's particularly made me to both speak to my my vices and my weaknesses, hmm. uh, but not to define me by those, but by what I bring. And having a group of friends, having hmm. a group of mentors that do that, um, and then focusing on their words because they know me best, hmm. you know. And that's both here at the church and, and then in my, you know my men's group. Um, and you obviously as a close friend have, have done that for me multiple times to call. I think we need to call out in each other the beauty that God has made us. And I think the more I do that and the more I see that, the more I see how much, how valuable that is yeah. and how important that is for other people because I've, I've needed it so desperately too. I, I just think we're blind. And I think that the body of Christ really does call out and say, listen, pancreas, if you hadn't done what you've done, we'd be dead. You are so valuable to us. And even though nobody looks at you, and even though you're on the inside of the body and you're not nearly as sexy as the abs or the hair or the beautiful eyes, you have a critical role and I see it and I value it. I think we need more of that. And and you played that role in my life multiple times, but having friends that do that and mentors, that that is really critical. That's been really healing for me um, Mm. as well. So that's good. That's good. Any any final thoughts about comparison and joy now that you're on the other side god's done some work hmm. how how is your joy level you've taken a break from social media with the comparison mm-hmm. you've done some inner work you've done a long and it's long let's be honest it's years hmm. of work that god's been faithful to do in both of us um how what brings you joy now how are you getting joy now what are the wells you go to to get more joy these days um i would say my joy quotient if there was one I, I would say man it's yeah i'm i'm really content these days so i'm grateful yeah i feel how about you uh, well you asked me too quick um <laughs> I, yeah I've, yeah in this season i feel like again you know yeah i've up and downs right so i don't want to yeah that's but true. like just saying like right now where we are I, i'm grateful to be alive i'm grateful yeah. to gather together we're we're, oh we're working now in, in like inside yeah. our buildings and offices yeah yeah grateful to see you and our team yeah grateful good. to worship together it's good like, to be together yeah. yeah i don't know there's just a lot of um uh, i guess the last thing is that it's just something that i've been chewing on is that i don't think jesus is comparing me to you yeah like I, I i've been thinking about that like he's not going david kim why can't you be more like dave tish yeah Right or why can't, and I think we all have our own race and to for Jesus I think he's patient with each and every one of us yeah and he's not looking and I think this is the John twenty one passage right he's mm-hmm. not looking at Peter and going like what about to what about that disciple what about him or her I think Jesus is just looking at us individually and being kind and patient and faithful. And saying, come on, you can do it, right? I, mm-hmm. I, I really, I think there's something to that. Um, because I thought growing up that, that I had to muster more energy, more strength to be more godly. Because he's, he's going, David, why can't you, you know, like, yeah, why can't you yeah. be more like Apostle Paul by tomorrow, yeah, right? Come on, yeah, right? Like, yeah. man, you don't have as much faith like King David. Come on, David, right? I just thought he's doing the comparison game with me. The John 21 passage you spoke of is really important and worth deep reflection on there's this moment and just we're just gonna you know summarize this the story it's after jesus has been resurrected he appears back to the disciples and he appears to peter and he does the three tests right and 
And the three questions, Peter has denied Jesus three times. So Jesus asks him three questions that Peter can answer in the affirmative. Because negative three plus positive three equals zero, right? And then Peter gets this insight into his future. Because he pledges allegiance to this Jesus and, and to his master. And he says, you know, I say to you, Peter, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you get older, you're going to stretch out your hands and they will dress you and carry you where you don't want to go. And he's saying, you're going to get killed. You're going to get crucified like I got crucified. And then what's the next thing Peter says? He turns to John and he sees John and says, what about that guy? And Jesus refuses to tell him John's story. He says, what's that to you? Basically, Peter, that's no bearing. You and I are doing a thing. Peter, I have a specific thing for you right. and a specific thing for John, and they're fundamentally different, so do not compare. Do not. You and I have a thing. And I think about my own children, Zoe and Skylar, your, your, your kids, my kids, Justice and Jail, they are so different. Yep. They need something very different from me. They have very different tracks in this world mm -hmm. and very different discipleship paths that Jesus is going to do in them. Very different paths. What is that to you? That to me is so key because it says, don't worry about them. But it also says, I have a specific plan for you, Peter. So pay attention to you and me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because the reason we get so insecure about them is because we think that maybe God doesn't have anything for us. Maybe God isn't, maybe he's got his favorites and we're not one of them. Maybe he's got his kids that he really loves and wants to go after, but maybe we're not one of them. And I think that that passage really helps free us from that insecurity. That's good. That's really good. Well, David, thank you for wow. stopping by. Yep. Super appreciate your, hmm. your sharing. And also just, you're, you're David Kim. You're the best David on staff. I'm okay to say that. It's okay. Stop it, comparing me, okay? Listen, to... it, 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 hurts, it hurts me to say, but it's true. All right, well, we, we all, we'll see you next week, okay? Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. Just want to say thanks to my guest, David Kim, and my daughter, JL. Thanks for letting me record you, JL. And we will see you next week when we dive into the topic of joy and cynicism and how they're related. That's our final week of our joy series. So join us next week and we'll see you then.